Welcome for Outlander Season 1, Episode 9, The Reckoning. I'm Don Bitters. And I'm Nick Stone. And this is Gaelic Guys, an Outlander podcast where we watch Outlander, drink scotch, and let you know our terribly uninformed opinions about both. This week, we're once again joined by the talented, wonderful writer Kitty Johnson from USA Network's Shooter. Hi. Am I supposed to talk now? Hi. Yeah, we're all to talk now. Oh, we're all talking now. Yeah. This is good. I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know my place. The lady on Gaelic guys. As you should know, as we learned in this episode, That's it's important the for a lady to know her place. Yes. So this is an episode that is among the people I know who've watched the show has stirred up no small controversy, not for because it's like. You know, the contents are actually as controversial as they should be, but because the quality in which they're presented is questionable. Yeah, this episode feels like the weird freelance fanfic. Like, they tried a thing and, like, A for effort, but it just fails horribly, especially because what they were doing was so good. It was working really well. They had a thing. It was great. And then they tried something different, and it was terrible. Yeah. This episode holds a special place in my heart because it was the first episode that Katie Johnson here showed me after raving about what a great show Outlander was. And she's and not I, wrong. She's not wrong. But I, I didn't know because I had just been watching, epi- I was binging episode to episode. I discovered this great thing. It was like a feminist game of thrones. My poor boyfriend comes back into our house and I was like, baby, you have to watch this show. It's incredible. I was like, we should start from the beginning. And Nick was like, no, no, I get it. Like she's a time traveler and he's like a hot sky. But I was like, oh, you do get it. That's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Let's just watch the next episode together. And so naively, hand in hand, we sit down to watch this very special episode of Outlander. And neither one of us knew the horror show we were getting into. And I proceeded to mock it mercilessly. Which, to some degree, is deserved here. But joke's on you, because now you do an Outlander podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair fair point. Full full loop back to this. (laughs) Right, Uh, yeah. So the episode opens with uh, what I like to call Jamie's Deep Thoughts. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Which is the first and probably the last episode where we ever have (laughs) Jamie's like internal monologue driving the narrative on versus Claire's. Yeah. Right. Well, if you take it out of being a Scottish accent and put in, I don't know, Forrest Gump's voice, <laughs> you get a very different thing. I decided that if I was walking, it was my choice to go forward. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's how walking works, Jamie. We yeah. get it. We that's get it, yeah. literally the definition. So of it. pretty. So dumb. <laughs> that's all. Well, that's the thing. It's like Claire, as you know, we discussed in you know, the pilot, is this incredibly interesting complex forward-thinking woman who you know is like a a feminist and like defined by her actions you don't have to tell us how great she is she shows us and she has clear goals and drive and like all all the things like an audience wants in a character writers want claire goals but also like network executives like all the things where they're like could you raise the stakes like her stakes are real high all the time all the the things like you know she's she's a perfect character to follow and then you swap perspective to jamie and you realize there's just not that much there so we go from jamie's deep slash shallow thoughts to in a shallow river literally to introducing what we up to this point have been told was a really pivotal character for jamie which is Horace, mm. who is going to basically be able to clear Jamie's name and actually get him free 
who reveals information that it was actually Captain Jack Randall that killed the dude that Jamie supposedly killed. Which is super useless for and Jamie. Then, and yes, and then right. this never comes back again. <laughs> right. That plot this, thread is dropped. It's just, yeah. a, just a dead end plot-wise. So. so as uh, we go from this scene with Horrex, we go to the actual, like, seeing the raiding of the fort, which led up to the last moment of the previous episode, which is Jamie is confronting Captain Jack Randall as Jack Randall is about to rape Claire. And that's like a big moment that we build up to. And we get to see all the kind of not as awesome stuff building up to that moment. Right. Like in our minds, we had painted a picture of a really effective Jamie with a great plan, like sneaking his way onto this windowsill at just the right moment to throw it open and say his like really slick and smooth line or whatever. But the picture we get from the other side is a lot more slipshod. Yeah, it, instead of it being like some sort of like traditional like you know heist or breakout kind of movie where it's like I need five people with special skills. It's like I need five guys. Could be anyone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Literally five guys. Burgers and fries are cool too. Like right, you know we don't know whatever. Like <laughs> which I mean I, I feel bad that we are like you know dumping so hard on this because the show is really great despite this episode not right. being the best oh yeah so i just want to like throw yeah. that in there as you know we're going through metal gear scotsman yeah. uh, and everything's <laughs> right well what's i mean i think from the what the director commentary and like the fort raid is like whoever actually directed this like the powers that be really put a lot of craft and thought into that sequence which is sad because clearly the writers didn't like you know like so somebody dropped a ball and somebody else like really tried yeah. to like l be like we got this real ford and everything is a meal we're like putting this craft into it and like the you yeah. know this poor director is like trying to make his mark and it's like oh right yeah like there's I, only so much you can do if it's not good on the page <laughs> in the script it's one line that just says jamie rescues claire <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's the old, like, tradition of the, like, and then the Indians take the fort. Yeah. You know, right, it's yeah. Like, it's like, what is that? What is yeah. that? But right. but bigger, more specific, yeah. Well, especially when he goes down the rope, and I'm like, is he just going to get rope burn or, like, kilt burn? Like, oh, yeah. He's just going to go straight down it, like. Yeah, that well, kilt rides. Yeah, he didn't wrap his legs. He doesn't, that's not actually how you repel. Right, but, like, I mean, his is, I mean, it went. Right up his right kill. Right up the kill there. Like there's balls a lot of, deep in the kill. There's a lot of thigh in that shot, which, you know, it's not of, unwelcome. There's a lot of thigh <laughs> in this whole episode. There's a lot of upkill shots well, in this of, episode. A lot of nudity in, like, in places where it wasn't exactly called for. So yeah. we'll Speaking be, of, yeah. yeah so we, great transition. So we enter the fort yeah. as we, we, we're getting to that moment that was a really great in the last episode of Jamie busting in right as Claire is a reiterating about to be raped again yeah. as you know jamie comes in threatens him and then we see the this unnecessary boobs and i guess to make it seem like she's in more danger but it just didn't it feel like necessary or like it was giving us anything else i think they're trying to heighten her like vulnerability and powerlessness in this scene or it's like oh yeah she's literally just like a you know prop of jack randall's i guess and so it's like on one hand i get it but on the other it does feel like a cheap shot especially mm -hmm. i think it's just everything together considering this is supposed to be her show it's usually in her perspective yeah 
you know, and there that she is a lot more empowered, yeah. and so not all it's insult to injury. That, that's, that's actually yeah. no, no, that, and that's it. Is that because we're seeing when we're seeing it from her perspective, it is kind of showing a vulnerability and weakness. Right. But the thing is that when we're not seeing it from her perspective, it feels gratuitous. Yeah, because we don't know we're not with her on this journey. We're not being violated and made vulnerable exactly. with her. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's just this naked lady who's like, "Oh no, help me, Jamie!" And I think as an audience, that's very shocking to see. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily in a good way. Not like in a, oh, like, what a meaningful thing like these, you know, these filmmakers did. That it's just like, oh, wow, you took this really awesome character and rendered her helpless and topless. Like. Yeah. So Jamie, not really tricks, but like kind of just fortuitously happens to get uh, Jack Randall to not, to put down his knife and pick up a useless gun that Jamie knows is useless because it has no bullets in it. Right. Which is kind of one of those like, Breaking one of those rules of show don't tell, right? Of like we're basically just told this uh, after the fact yeah. right. that you know, oh well, there's no bullets in this gun, and also relies on p- sheer luck, right? Not only that, but I mean, like even from say say he that Jamie is aware that his gun's unloaded, he pops in, points the gun at Randall. Randall is stunned, and instead of like taking advantage of that situation, like you know, getting in there and like forcing him away from his wife, he just waits until Randall like. Pops her up and puts a knife to yeah. her throat. Yeah. It's like, oh. I do want to point out that, like, just how clearly well defined Jack Randall is that this whole thing is happening. And Jack Randall, instead of being like, oh no, I'm being threatened, he's like, oh yeah, the party's getting started. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> yeah. two for one. Yeah, no, Jack Randall is definitely the best thing about this scene, if not oh, this episode. Yeah, no. Like, talk about a consistent character with motivation. Yeah, yeah. Who, who stays true to himself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And when he's like, oh, can you show me your back? It's like, he wants to get Jamie naked from the get-go yeah. and is super excited about that. Yeah, yeah he's like, like Mr. Oh. Silverlining right here. Yeah, he's he like, is. All right, well. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. Cool. So Jamie lucks into tricking Jack to pick up the gun. That doesn't work. Then he's able to knock him out and take rescue Claire. But instead of doing the sensible thing which is taking advantage of the many many ways that he could kill this antagonist who is clearly deranged clearly threatening him and his wife at a consistent clip right instead of doing something about it he just says oh well we're we were told not to kill anyone yeah well in voiceover by the way not in not, the scene right. like, Again, not, it's, yeah. not, it's not a conflict between the two of them which would have been great if she's yeah. like kill him yeah and yeah. he's like oh I can't in like, full mans- Captain Mansplain mode Captain Mansplain mode yeah so, yeah, yeah. Kill Jack Randall. That will solve some more problems. Like, yeah, while more, we're breaking more problems than it would. It would solve more problems than it would create. As a person, but also as someone who writes on an action show, like all, like on both levels, that he like he comes in with this gun that he, that we don't, that the audience doesn't know is a prop, so it's not fun for us. So we're not in on the on, on it at all. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, okay, so he does, but it's still a bludgeon. It's still a weapon. And for a hot second, as Don pointed out. Blackjack actually thinks it's real that he's not going to play that to his advantage more quickly. It's like rush the guy, take his knee out, do something. It's like yeah, he may even before he can get to the knife or even if he has the knife on Claire, there's going like as he may be able to get a scratch on her, mm-hmm. but he could st- there's only so much he can do. You're well, bigger than him, like rush yeah. him or like, like if he just yeah. dove straight through the window with all of his huge man body force and tackled them and basically jumped yeah, in no, no. making I, blackjack's I want... fantasies come true you know? right. like... i want to see i want to see the version where yeah. he like he kicks through the windows does a roll on the floor like comes up and then has the gun right at him right at, yeah <laughs> or like knocks him over like what is, yeah what is this mr super cool like posey pose right you just yeah. lost your advantage of surprise after the you know 
possibly one of the worst executed escapes ever. When we have Claire confronting Jamie and Jamie confronting Claire, and Jamie wants an apology from Claire for even putting him in this situation. This is my favorite scene of this episode because this is all like argument jujitsu, like throughout the whole thing. Because the fact is, Jamie is super right in this argument. Like, he's like, stay here for your safety. Mm-hmm. And she runs away, not to take a walk, as she like later claims in the argument, but literally to run away from him forever. Ever. And then she's caught, which is her fault. And then it comes to this thing, and he's like, I want you to apologize, you know, for this. And she 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 somehow twists this around on him mm-hmm. and, and because he's because he falls into the trap of being like, You're my wife and you should have obeyed me. Which is totally the wrong tactic here. He needs to be like, I told you to do this for your safety and you disobeyed that, which was a really stupid move, so you should be sorry. But then he says it's cause you're my wife. So now she has the upper hand because she's like, How yeah. dare you? You think I'm property. Now, I will say this. Like, I think the scene doesn't exactly land the way it's supposed to. Mm. But in some defense of this, I will say that because we go from this heated argument between the two of them to this really like vulnerable moment for both characters, I think there's something to be said about the fact that this is kind of we're seeing all these emotions that we haven't seen played out for these characters mm. have been built up to this moment. Yeah. So like from the time, the first time that Clara had been almost rape, which is pretty traumatic and treated thus in that episode. And Claire goes into full shock mm. that there's never a true register of the emotions of what they're, they're kind of grappling with. Mm. So I will say that like, I don't think the execution pulls this off hundred percent well, but I do understand. I think where maybe the intention was of there's all this built up anger and sadness and like fear and like trauma from all these up scenes that we've been seeing for the last two episodes mm. that haven't had a real payoff or kind of play out. And I think that's what this moment was meant to be. And it's why we see like Jamie almost collapse when after the argument that he says like, I went in there with an unloaded gun and just my wits about me, which is a great moment mm. on its own that would have been great if we'd had a sense of that, mm-hmm. of that vulnerability of him going in and doing these things. Right. Because it seemed like he was like, oh, I've got a great plan, blah, 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 when it wasn't a very good plan versus him going in and having a clear sense of, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I have to do something, therefore I need to do it anyway. Right. Like, that would have been a very different take on it. I think that would have made everything we had seen at this point very justified. Yes. And I mean, it's, yeah, that like that sense of him being like, just like flying by the seat of his pants and really just trying to save her anyway he can. It's totally belied by that like weird, cool line he does in the window, which is like works because it's in both episodes or whatever, but otherwise is like totally out of character and takes away from exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But then just from just from an argument standpoint, I think this is where Jamie turns it back around because instead of arguing the point any further he basically collapses into an emotional thing which is it's not it's not disingenuous he's really just upset about what happened and is worried about her but also worried about his the the guys in his clan who Mm -hmm. almost died trying to save her you know and so he really is an emotional wreck and she because of the you know intense experience she's had can't admit that or see that then until he breaks down Mm -hmm. actually this is a really interesting point um and I just want to, yeah, kind of ping on there that um, 
this is not new information to Claire that mm-hmm. he went in. Yeah, you know, she knows that the guns weren't loaded. She knows, you know, that he just went in with his wits about him, whatever. But so it's not the information that she's getting that's new, but it is his emotional. It is how it had an emotional impact on him that actually kind of resonates and gets through her head, mm. which is also interesting in how their roles are traditionally played in this show, where she actually is the cool, heroic badass, and he is often the pretty damsel in distress right because very often we see women portrayed as being quote manipulative by being emotionally by breaking down Mm -hmm. by crying by it's like oh well you didn't get it but i was just so scared and sad and that's basically what Mm -hmm. jamie does totally and it works (laughs) right so and it's and it's interesting because it's not seen as manipulative when he does it it's seen as like oh my god a man showing emotion how vulnerable and brave and it is but then when women do it or female characters do the same thing it often gets written off so i think right. it's a really fun kind of flipsy that it's like yeah you can like yell something at someone or just give it to them factually yeah. and they I, don't get it and i think like, i think that what it would have kind of driven that home mm-hmm. is like some line from him basically saying like i'm not good at this yeah like something that mm-hmm. him admitting to claire to himself and even to the audience of I'm not good at being the hero. Yeah. Like, I think that would have kind of driven that point home a lot stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that scene actually works really well and is actually a really realistic depiction of, like, a fight between a couple because usually an argument is sort of not about no. what you're arguing about. It's about and, the miscommunication. Right. Yeah. And it's like... Claire, it's about feelings. Exactly, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's about how they're, they're, they're not able until they really both become vulnerable mm-hmm. and kind of break down to show that they're just both worried and this heightened, dangerous situation. But when they're trying to argue the points, it's like, I think Claire's a bit disingenuous about what actually happened. And Jamie's like, kind of unnecessarily angry because there's you know Jimmy makes it a gendered thing when it doesn't need to be he tries to pull the I'm the man I owe you card and it's like that is going to just send her running you know yeah Yeah. you you have dug your own grave sir yeah yeah Yeah. which I think is kind of the thing that this episode does is that I think this episode had a lot of opportunities yeah that it doesn't play out or it undercuts as we find out very soon after this whole argument this emotional breakdown after we see Claire, when everyone's back at the pub, you know, and it's like, oh, well, they're just laughing and, you know, joyous. And again, and Claire is being ignored. And we quickly go into a scene that is probably the most tonally like off thing I've seen in a long time. Oh, you're referring to Bear McCreary's Scottish domestic violence showdown, right? That's, yeah. 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 And it's like basically, it's, yeah, we have like this bouncy, happy abuse music. Yeah, <laughs> where to make it okay. Yeah, yeah, where Jamie feels like it's his, like for his honor, for like his justice. Manhood. Yeah, for just yeah, he right. needs to yeah. punish Claire for not obeying him and putting everyone at risk, and he needs to beat her ass with a belt. Yeah, and so the other clansmen will accept her and talk to her again. Right. It's sort of like it's it's one of those scenes you could do like those uh, trailer remixes to you know where they make like. The Shining look like a family drama about yeah. the coming together of a family. But in this one, it's like you could put the creepy music over this scene and really give the completely different tone of Jamie deciding that he needs to beat his yeah. wife so that she'll learn. And it's which, like, oh. Which, coming from like a little bit later in the episode, like they actually recognize it as it's a bad thing and it's not what's right. 
which is why it's so weird that this scene is played so light. Right. When it's not a light scene, it's straight up abuse. Yeah. And they're cutting back and forth to like the peanut gallery, like the Muppets yeah. basically it's, downstairs. We're yeah. like, oh, it sounds like she's giving it as good as she's getting it. <laughs> she's and, fighting back from the violence. Yeah. Like, and, and she calls him a sadist. He's like, well, I don't know what a sadist is, but I like hurting you. Yeah. So, well, and he, they try to make, and when I say they, I mean Jamie, but I think also the show. They are basically being domestic violence apologists, and I'm not letting them off the hook for that. And they, re- and they really hide behind like, oh, it's the time period and it's history. And it's like, yeah, a lot of things happened in a lot of time periods in history, and we don't go back now in a revisionist apologist way and be like, well, but it was you know fine at the time. Like we really show them to be horrible things, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't let the show off the hook for indulging Jamie's perspective. And in one of those things, they make a real big false equivalency of like, well, you know, if a man did this, like, you know, we'd punch him or, you know, we would be flogged or whatever. He might even be killed. You know, we shoot each other. And it's like, okay, yeah, so men who treat each other as equals and they have a lot of like morality and masculinity and toxic masculinity wrapped up in these ideas of honor Mm -hmm. come at each other and are physically violent to each other, you know, in different ways. That is completely different than a person who is not seen as a human being, who is seen as property, who is already seen as less than a man, whose status is only, you know, tied to childbearing. We saw Leary almost get beaten in the Great Hall because she was a loose woman whose sexuality is tied to her morality, like mm-hmm. who's someone whose status is already so small that then to try to be like, well, you know, we're just trying to treat you equal to the men. It's like this is in the beating situation this is the one thing you yeah. picked yeah like like that's Which, it just makes no sense it's, and, and totally i think like something that and they didn't do this but i think it would, would have made it work to a degree i'm not yeah. saying it justifies it at all but it, if they had done something where we'd seen a contrast like we're yeah. seeing jamie's perspective here what if we'd seen that scene from jamie's perspective which has our, our you know our weird <laughs> jovial abuse music and then flipped it and we saw it from claire's perspective yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, because yeah, then it's like, okay, now we're actually seeing it like someone it who's is. afraid. Yeah. Who's genuinely afraid that she's about to be yeah. hurt yeah. by someone who's supposed to protect and love her. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like... And who's twice her size. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, more someone where it's like, oh, she's given as good as she gets. Not it's like, twice no, she's Twice not. her size, but would be, is forgiven yeah. if he does anything if, to hurt if he, her. If he does hurt her. Yeah, that nobody, everyone's listening downstairs and no one will stop this. Right. They're and, all, all for it. And in the context of, like, you know, Claire's timeline... Like realistically, we're going in a couple days from being, from having an attempted rape in the Multiple. Glen, and then she's, she's kidnapped and then held again, and Jack Randall's about to rape her again, and then she's like finally safe for like one minute, and her new husband is screaming at her, and then okay, now it's all okay, we broke down, now everything's fine, and she's in bed for the first time, might be the first safe place, and he's like, well. Now I have to beat you. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's an emotional yeah. horror show right. for her. That like, you know. Yeah, as you pointed out in the pilot, they shoot it like a horror film. I'm like, where, where's that crew? I want those people back. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, can we yeah, bring yeah. back in the crew? Yeah, because it is. It's a horror. She's literally in, yeah. yeah. And like the seven of, stages of hell. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, it, there was one episode that you should not have given Jamie's perspective. It's I, this it one. was this one. Mm. Yeah, and it's like ironically they're doing it to try to like win you to Jamie or explain Jamie, and it just it doubles down on making it worse. Yeah, it's it's the episode yeah. where we, it makes us really not like one of our main characters. Yeah. It actually yeah. what they should have done. Yeah, going to th- that perspective, there's a great moment in uh, American Horror Story in um, the Asylum series where 
uh, was it Sarah Paulson, like, bust out of the asylum. And she's, you know, gone through all of these horrors and been tortured and electrocuted and beaten. And she, like, runs out into the rain, into the street. And she hitchhikes. She hails, like, a car. And you're like, oh, okay. Thank God. Like, a, no- a normal person from outside of the crazy house has picked her up. And she's like, oh, I, yeah, she's make- she doesn't want to say she escaped from a, a sane asylum. So she's like, oh, I just... You know, uh, my husband and I had a fight and he hit me. You know, I, I just need to get to the police. And as this man's driving the car, he's like, well, he wouldn't have hit you if you didn't do anything to provoke him. Like, clearly this is your fault. And you suddenly realize she's in a car with a crazy person. Like, she is in a car with a domestic abuser. Right. And it's hor- and then she's not mm-hmm. safe anywhere. And it just is bone chilling. And it's like, yeah. yeah, if you had played it that way well, with, oh, now I'm safe with Jamie, who is almost yeah. worse than Jack Randall because at least he Jack Randall doesn't pretend to be nice yeah. sometimes he does but you know what I mean right. well the, 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 like the reference I was kind of pulling yeah. from too is like I don't know if you are familiar with the show You're the Worst which is it's a, it's actually in a, not from your wife your wife has said great things about it yes well oh, yes no yes. and it, it's yeah. a fantastic show and it's yeah. it is one of the best shows I've seen on yeah. TV late and not trying to cross promote to a different show that we should also do a podcast on but there's an episode there that deals with PTSD, mm-hmm. and it deals. They they quite literally have an episode that shows very jovial, very comical, from the other character's perspective. But then we are seeing the same exact mm-hmm. events from the perspective of someone who has PTSD, and it's it is that bone chilling effect. Wow, yeah. it's something that we take for granted as like, oh well, this is really lighthearted, and someone sees it as like, no, no, this is really hard, yeah, and difficult for them. So I think like that's kind of the thing where. Yeah. I was coming from with that, where I think if we'd seen this moment from Claire's perspective, I think it would have had that effect. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have felt far more like what you're talking about, of like that, that true horror of, I'm not safe. I'm not safe with any of you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, and I think, I think it would have been tough to go there for a certain degree in terms of like, these are characters that are supposed to continue yeah. and have growth. Yeah, there would be no bringing I think it would, back. Yeah, it would have been yeah. irreparable. Right. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we'll, we'll move along. We'll yeah. move along. But we well, the rest yeah. of it goes a lot faster because I think that was like the largest, most controversial kind of moment to, to discuss. Yeah. Back at the castle, we see Claire and Jamie come back and everyone's like, oh, great, you're married. Yay. And Colm comes in, you know, the laird, the penguin. The penguin. The penguin. <laughs> to in. what I would assume in some, some draft was an actual record scratch sound because <laughs> everyone yeah. literally stops and like turns to face him. And he gives the coldest like fond wishes that have ever been given yeah to the two of them yeah definitely sets the scene for the tense relationship that you know well if anything he's the only one who actually gets the tone of their relationship ironically because everyone else is like hi welcome back you know bear mccreary's like house of horrors funhouse whatever yeah and he's like this is weird and uncomfortable yeah yeah and claire is like oh no he gets it yeah like right. this is yeah. terrible <laughs> correct penguin and so we go from that to quickly seeing Leary really sad she can't bone Jamie. Yeah. yeah understandably. Is, she has a goal. Jamie doesn't have a goal. Even Leary has a goal. Right. To yeah. get some Jamie dick in her. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, and then Jamie really cops out on that when he's like, oh, no, this was Dougal's arrangement. He's not yeah. like, he's like, no, he's like not even like sh- showing up to the fact that he actually, and we, we see this later, but we've already seen it. Like he has real feelings for Claire and he's straight up dodging that too. Yeah. Right. Like he's being the most like dishonest, like untrustworthy character in the show at this point. Yeah. Because everyone else, at least to a good degree, wears their persona and what where like their emotions are on their sleeve. He's being super dodgy. 
you can imagine when I first saw this, and it's the first thing I've ever seen in Outlander. And You're like, he's the bad guy, right? <laughs> you really can't pin it down because in this episode, he goes from being like this naive character who doesn't really know what's going on to like misrepresenting his feelings for Leary and Claire to like seemingly make it easier to like set it up with either or both of them to being like the political savvy one who can like broker peace behind everyone's backs. And it's sort of like, I don't, what, yeah, do I like this, this person? Yeah. yeah. Not a real clear picture of who this character is supposed to be or how we're supposed yeah. to feel about him. So as uh, Dougal, cool Uncle Ned, and uh, Jamie enter into Column's private lair. Mm, the bird. Laird's lair. The Laird's, Laird's lair, lair. Including the bird, like, and, like as a supervillain would have. Column knows about the money that's being raised to help Bonnie Prince Charlie yeah. uh, and, you know, restore him to the throne. And he is pissed. Right. And Tone Deaf Dougal responds, I believe this is word for word, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think. As Colin goes from dressing down Dougal and Ned, immediately jumps to dressing down Jamie. Spoilers, most of the rest of this episode takes place in that same room, Colin dressing down in order, Dougal, then Jamie, then Dougal, then Jamie, and it's just like this like back. a little bit of Ned for just a second, <laughs> and then back. To Ned the, gets yeah. a hot, hot. It gets second. real expositiony, real fast. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Claire are in the bedroom again, and Jamie's like, "Oh, so it's time to get laid." And Claire's just straight up's like, "You're sleeping on the couch." Yeah. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't talk about what happened. She just kind of gives him the cold shoulder. This plays out later, as as we'll yeah. see. We go from the scene of them in the bedroom mm -hmm. to a scene that in all honesty I did not pay as much attention as I should have because I was trying to figure out if the snow was real or not. Basically the gist of the scene is whose side are you on, Jamie? It's like Scotland's side. Anyway, we forgive Willie and then the scene's over. Yeah. But more importantly, there's a lot of snow. Yeah. My Probably note, fake. My note here was literally Nick take this scene. I was busy looking at snow. Yeah. There's a lot of snow and it's very beautiful and you cannot tell if it is practical or VFX, and then you think you do, and then you reverse your position, and then it gets weird. So, and it yeah. just pulls focus because it's so fluffy and lovely and abundant, but it doesn't get on their clothes. So, so and props, it floats up. Yeah. It goes the opposite well, way. Well, does that sometimes. Too. That's true, but this yeah. was very so, like. So props to either the art department or the VFX department, whoever you did, fantastic job. We don't know who you were, but Good you job. stole the scene. It was great. <laughs> totally it stole the scene. Beautiful. Yeah. So we go back to our first and well, the second in many of the column fest, uh, yelling at Jamie about you know raising money for Prince Bonnie, blah 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 again. You're right now. Now all of a sudden he's a seasoned diplomat who's playing three dimensional chess with yeah. everyone's you know minds and hearts, and he somehow gets Column to give back the money that was raised for Bonnie but Prince Charlie. Even, but the thing is, like, if you actually watch the scene, like the end result does not actually match what he's saying or doing. He's basically explaining it to him like a five-year-old. So we go to the next of the many scenes of Colm yelling at Dougal again. Decides, based on Jamie's wonderful tactical information, to give the money back. Mm -hmm. But not, not before threatening him with a dagger, basically. Like, didn't you just pledge an oath to me? And it goes back to that, I pledged an oath to Scotland. Uh, so we go back to back all the way to the opening montage of skipping stones <sighs> with Jamie, and like Jamie has the best like kind of set up like worst payoff line of 
Claire's like their his relationship with Claire is an open wound, which you know it's like it won't heal no matter how much I beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, oh, it's yeah. like oh, Try for some words, reason yeah. when I when I beat my wife, our relationship got worse. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, here's a woman who's trying to have sex with me. Yeah, Larry suddenly shows up <laughs> out of the blue, and immediately goes straight to look. You should sleep with me because I have cleavage. Yeah. And Untouched virginal cleavage. Oh, yeah. No, even... Yes, the best kind of... Prime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cleavage. Right, right. So... It just, it just feels a little male fantasy, like... like I don't know. It's just, like, too well, easy. It's 100% like, that because it's, like, Jamie's, like, oh, no, I'm a man of honor. I made a vow and everything. But he only does that after, like, like serious groping. Yeah, after he, he gets, a, he gets a feel like, in there. You know, he at least, like... More a feel. That yeah. went on for a bit. There's yeah. definitely, like, long enough to have in a different show, like, Claire watching from a hillside and be mad at him forever. Like, you know, Which, romantic comedy. Which, if I hadn't seen this before, like, I would absolutely 100% expect that to be the case for this scene. Right, yeah. And then we go straight into Jamie, like, going to Claire and being like, I thought really hard about it because you ignored me. <laughs> And I figured out that I was wrong, which is where I think there's a little yeah. bit of a like female fantasy element running through here because like she just well, didn't say anything and he thought real hard about it and he figured out that he and was felt wrong. another lady's boobies, which is a very important part of the thinking process. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. he okay, so that's where it's like sort of subverted because he's like, I decided I was really wrong about that anyway, so like I pledge myself to you, unless you don't want to live together anymore. And it's like, are you, like, checking if you should, like, ditch this and go, like, shack up with Leary? Because, like, this seems a little disingenuous at this exact moment. This episode is, like, the worst in regards to, like, women's progressiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, other episodes, like, haven't been great, but that's never been, like, the fault of Claire, necessarily. That's been just the sake of the situation and the kind of environment that she's in. But this episode is all about, as you said, it's, like, male fantasy in terms of, like, well, there's so little female empowerment and when it is given it's always at the hands of the man yeah right for note this episode does not pass the Beckadoll test not even a little bit <laughs> right no but we are treated now to some sexy sexy dirk stabby sex yeah again back to the pe- the people who are like i understand what kinky is and they don't oh that, yeah, yeah brought to you by the people that are like people mix pleasure and pain right that's a thing people do yeah. i'm gonna write this scene like yeah there's sure it's super weird and then so like no you know, it's makeup sex with knives mm-hmm. yeah but like jamie does this thing where he's like oh no i pledge my fealty to you if i ever raise my hand to you i want it's you like know the scotland oath or whatever yeah the whole scottish oath but to her it's like he's pledging his yeah. loyalty to her and then 12 seconds later is like i want you to call me master and it's like well Okay, that sort of ruined it. <laughs> 12 seconds later, because that's as long as Jamie lasts, as Whoa. we established. Whoa. But luckily, he's very eager. There's always a round two. There's always a round two with Jamie, yes. He's young and eager. They kind of resolve their all the anger, all the sadness, all the things that they've dealt with by having sex. Claire basically threatening him yeah, with a knife. With a knife. And with him literally inside her. Yeah. 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 She doesn't even stop grinding on no, him. She's, like, she's no, she's I guess, like, I see what you're trying to do, but, like, mm-hmm. really, he's just getting to have sex with you, and, like, he knows you're not actually going to stab him. And so no matter what you're saying, 
he's not listening. He's not actually paying attention to the words coming out of your mouth, and he's enjoying it. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. This is great. <laughs> it just it takes so much of her power away because it's like, she, does she think she has any power in that situation? Then Jamie explains the, the where Claire's key came from. Right. Which we as an audience already knew. Yes. Right? But Claire did not know at that point, which is that he took, uh, sorry, not her key, but the ring that she has, her, the wedding ring, is essentially the key to his estate that he can't go back to. Okay. That it basically it says like, oh, well, you know, you're my home now. There's so many opportunities. Of, I think we this is yeah. our podcast. We've done that of seeing like how this episode could have actually been really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's yeah. just something where it's like, this is one of those. And there's been a lot of fantastic episodes of the show. Yeah. But this one just kind of fell by the wayside in terms of like, really tackling what they were doing and understanding what they were doing in terms of the co- larger context. Go home, yeah. So the episode ends with uh, Claire, you know, during their angry makeup sex, she discovers a creepy doll underneath the bed. Yeah. Like is, bones and stuff yeah, attached to it. Yeah, bones and stuff, I think, is the exact definition of that doll. It was like the Blair Witch <laughs> doll with yes. bones attached. It was like one step creepier than a Blair Witch doll. Plus, it was like on the ground of a Scottish castle, so it's... It might actually be just what they would normally find, like, just kind of clustered... Like oh, a dust buddy? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's just a dust witch it's, ball. No, Don't worry about that. It's bones and stuff. Happen. But no, so the episode ends with, like, oh, who would leave, like, a cursed object? It's like, and then he's just like, da-da-da-da-da, Leary. Well, it's not even a mystery, because you're like, oh, obviously Leary, the yeah. person this is really pointing to. So that when he says Leary, there, there's no weight to it. Yeah, it's only for her. Right. It's only for Claire. and Who normally knows things, because she's our perspective character, but she's not anymore, so we have to tell her yeah. things. So. I would have loved, as you've said many times, I would have loved to have seen this episode as a horror. Like, it would have been, like, truly, like, reflecting on everything they're doing. And if, if she had actually kept the part of her taking power at the end mm-hmm. it would have been the real arc for her character within yeah. this episode so it's like even though she's powerless and in this horrifying place where she can't trust anybody she can still find a way to take her power back and find a way to scare the scary thing yeah. and that would be great like that is triumphant and that's why we like yeah. horror like we as a culture like horror movies we like seeing people go from being victimized and afraid and tortured to somehow finding a way to subvert their situation and take yeah. their power back well, in other news, we have a delightful scotch here. Oh, yeah, we yeah. do. It's very good. Yeah, this week we are drinking Spayburn Age 10-Year Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. And it's pretty great, actually. It's really it's far sweeter than a lot of them are, and it's far, like, very smooth in the fact that like there's the similar harshness that you get, like a little bit of heatiness. I enjoyed this one a lot. It's not without a certain bite, you know, on the sort of after palate. But I found that it has uh, a floral and citrus nose, uh, medium bodied, easy to drink with a delicate fruity character and a dry complex finish, I would say. Very drinkable scotch. It's very sweet and light. Um, I found it very caramelly, which is the back of the bottle does not say. So mm. maybe I'm totally wrong in that. But it definitely, it's got a very light kind of sweetness to it like a little burned sweetness to it um although they describe that as citrus and floral so what do i know i definitely Um, did not pick up the citrus myself but yeah yeah yeah, it's far more caramel or like like burnt almost like that creme brulee top flavor yeah Yeah, then like a citrus Mm -hmm. floral like it's not earthy really but really excellent spayburn 10 years Mm -hmm. single malt scotch whiskey
So that is our episode for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Katie, for being our guest. My pleasure. Please subscribe and share the podcast. That's the best way we'll get to our billions of potential listeners. So tell a friend, tell an enemy, let the world know. Yes. Tweet at us. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back with you next week with uh, Leary's Revenge.